You're listening to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. Before we get started, we want to remind you to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Range Minded Podcast. And if you could, leave us a rating and some feedback on wherever you listen to podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. This is episode number 60, where we revisit with our friend Nick Hoffer of Hoff Tech Industries and of the Ultimate Hybrid Holster. Uh, we check in with him to see what he's been up to, how the holster business has been, uh, what's new in the uh, works for Nick and the Ultimate Hybrid Holster, and we get to see the process of making a custom holster for Steve's Glockster right before our eyes. Thanks as always for listening, and we hope you enjoy episode 60 of Range Minded, the custom holster with Nick Hoffer. Hello and welcome to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. No, not today. Well, it's from Independence yeah. Indoor Shooting, but we're not at Independence Indoor That's Shooting. Uh, my name is Mark Long, and uh, I am joined in person by... The one and only Steve Zimmerman. And we have a special guest with us as well. Nick Hoffer. That's right. Yeah, we uh, have our returning guest, Nick Hoffer. He was uh, on with us uh, last fall, I think, right? Sometime around there? Uh, January, February, I think. Yeah, it was it was a little while ago. Yeah, a little but, bit ago. Yeah, but now you're here. You're back. Um, and we are actually live from the uh, global headquarters of uh, Hoftac Industries and Ultimate Hybrid Holsters, right? That's right. We're actually sitting in the Ultimate Hybrid office, and then next door is the Hoftac Industries. And this shop. is where all the magic happens. This is where the holster magic happens. Yeah, this is this right here where you're sitting is where about 150 phone calls a day happen. Nice. <laughs> But you said you had a real tough day today. You golfed. Yeah, I, pl- I played golf with uh, Caracal USA, so it was a tough day. And if you guys haven't seen Caracal handguns, like, well, and, and rifles, I mean, they make ARs too, but you guys need to jump over there and check them out. It's pretty pretty interesting firearms. Yeah, they. Uh, we interviewed uh, one of the guys from Caracal I guess that's right. yeah, we, on the Expo episode when we were alive. Yeah. Um, we'll have to get him back and, and talk a little yeah, bit more and cool have guy. a more in-depth episode about that because they're kind of a... They've been around, but they haven't really entered the civilian market, I think is what he was saying, right? All that much? Well, even the American market. The really. American market, that's so, what it is. So you, you said world headquarters. They literally are worldwide, and their headquarters for the U.S. is in Boise. It's pretty, it's impressive. That is sweet. I need to go check out that place. I love, I love going to other people's businesses. We've talked about that before, where we're kind of blessed in the Valley to have all kinds of firearms and accessories and all kinds of Second Amendment manufacturers here, you know, like Hoftac and Ultimate Hybrid, but also... Um, you know, Odin Works and um, who else, Steve? Seekins. 2A, Mantoos and Idaho Falls. But the state of Idaho is incredibly gun-friendly, and I would love it even if the state offered incentives to bring more companies in. That would be very cool. So, um, But we are here at uh, the global headquarters for uh, Hoftac and Ultimate Hybrid Holsters because <laughs> we're going to learn uh, about making our own holsters. If you uh, listened to the first podcast we had with uh, Nick, um, you heard about kind of how he got started in the industry. If not... Um, making holsters and everything if not nick why don't you kind of share with us how you got started with that um so yeah in the first episode i talked about how i started in my garage um i worked for a gun manufacturer and kind of got my hands wet with holster making in my garage Mm -hmm. and uh used some of my resources from the firearms industry to make that happen but yeah four years in my garage and going on three years in this building here so that's seven right yeah, that's four and three. Yeah. <laughs> it's Friday night. Nobody wants to math. Yeah. When we first got here, Nick's like, 
It's Saturday, right? Right. No, dude, it's it's Friday. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Friday night on a holiday weekend too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We're recording this Memorial, excuse me, Memorial Day weekend. So it's just a whole litany of special going on. Special indeed. And Steve's and, here in person. And if you, you just heard a camera a camera go off, Nick is uh, Nick is like the fourteen year old holster guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's no, it's cool. It's cool. Media. It's cool. He's up on the social media. That's for sure. And honestly, you heard why. Like in the last episode, you understand that. Yeah, that, that really helped him a lot along the way. Yeah, that's where really a lot of your sales came from. Starting right. Yeah. When so you started out. So when I started out, it was all all Facebook, uh, and then Facebook, Instagram. I had a I had a website through Big Cartel. I probably did. $50 in the first two years on that website. <laughs> um, I'm just actually recently learning how to use my website to its full potential. So um, if, if you're on our mailing list, you've probably gotten two big emails from us in the last two weeks. So I think I, nice. I gave away like $5,000 worth of gift certificates. And Dang the, it, I should have been on the email. mailing list. Should have <laughs> been on the mailing list. We both failed on that one. So, well, because, and let's let's talk about that a little bit. You do have two separate companies. Correct. You know, there's Hoftech Industries, and then there's the Ultimate Hybrid Holster, which is the newer of the two, correct? Yeah, so Ultimate Hybrid is the universal uh, inside and outside the waistband holster that I uh, designed uh, with my business partner, and that's our retail brand. And then Hoftech got more into manufacturing, but I'm actually bringing back the retail side of that as well. Oh, really? The retail awesome. and custom side. So if you live in Idaho, the custom side is going to really start taking off in the next that month. That is fantastic. That's great news. And why do you want to be so busy that you don't have time to sleep? Uh, because I love my customers so much. That's awesome. I mean, my son is sitting in here in the office. like He likes to come down here and work. Yeah, he's hanging out, and uh, we've got the dog, too. So we've got, a, we've got a full party here, actually. Actually, right now, you're sitting in our office. We're going to go into the shop, and about 50 yards away from that is where our apartment is. So we don't get too far from work very often. <laughs> that could be good and bad, right? Like, you can't escape work. Well, the cool thing is I started in my garage, so I used to work till like three in the morning. So uh, once my son goes to bed, I can just run downstairs again and work in the shop for a couple hours. Out. Yeah, that's pretty convenient. Do you ever sleep? I take a lot of sleeping pills so that I can <laughs> sleep. When you have the 20, 30 minutes to do so? I have to force myself to do it. If I'm not, if I'm not working in here, I'm sitting at my computer figuring out the posts for the next week on Instagram or the email that's going out. And right now I'm building this new website. So yeah, it, it's not a lot of sleep. Sometimes I envy people like that. Cause like I can, I'm just always tired when I was young, like you're pretty young still. When I was, you know, in my twenties, I could work 20 hour days and not, not feel it well, seven I'm days not, a week. I'm not that young. <laughs> You're not that old either. Nobody's as old as Steve. Yeah, Sunny has seasoned. Get off my lawn. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about a little more about the the custom part of it because uh, that's kind of one of the things we're doing here tonight is we're going to kind of learn how to make our own holsters because you talked about that um, in the first episode. Um, obviously, there's a lot of craftsmanship and research and technique that goes into doing that. Um, but if you know. Sounds like with the custom part, you're going to be able to offer holsters to people who don't want to try their hand at making their own, or maybe they have a certain need for a holster, right? So the custom side is really where I got started. So mm -hmm. uh, 
making holsters for guns that there's not holsters at the store for. So I've never, I've never expanded my production line of holsters past the mainstream guns like the Glocks, the Smith, like any, no lights, no lasers, none of that. It's always been uh, pushed into the custom realm. Sure. So what I, what I like to do is we have stuff in stores, but when people are looking for like a Glock with a TLR one and a threaded barrel and suppressor sights, there, there's not, there's not a whole lot. There is now, but there wasn't back then stuff on the shelf. Yeah. And so uh, really what I do is, push people to get a custom holster for what they have instead of trying to just make their gun work for what holster they can find. So like you guys brought a couple guns on, so you'll get to see how it happens. Um, basically if you have gun a with light C, we can bring it into the shop. We can set it up and we can create a custom holster for you, be it inside the waistband, outside the waistband. And being in Idaho, I do a lot of stuff for hunters and backpackers. So we mount stuff to their packs and That's we match awesome. colors, stuff like that. So it's not just maybe for concealed carry. It's for all different kinds of applications. Uh, on the custom side, concealed carry is a big part of it. But a lot of stuff on the custom side is competition shooters, uh, hunters, outdoorsmen and uh range guns or holsters that will go in your car or that will mount to bed frames inside safes uh that's really where the custom side and i'm I'm guessing not just guns you probably make sheaths for knives and a knife sheet knife sheets were a really big part of my business when i first started doing custom stuff i I don't do a whole lot anymore i have two knives sitting over there right now but uh, yeah, we do knife sheaths. We do uh, light carriers. I do a lot of cell phone carriers mm-hmm. for a while. Like, on the custom side, charged by the hour, so whatever Could, someone wants you to do. Anything goes in some cases, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing about Kydex is you can, it's not just for guns. You can really use it to form it around anything, right? Well, yeah, it was originally designed for like tray backs on airplanes and the the windows and the walls. So if you can vacuum form it or form it around something, you can make a carrier, a holder, a case, whatever you want. And it's and it really is an interesting plastic because it it stretches and forms to a lot of different shapes and and even pretty fine detail in some cases. Well, yeah, and you'll see when we go over there and we set up one of your guns that it will get in so much detail that you won't be able to use it as a holster if you don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. So if you if you don't know what the snag like we talked about in the last podcast the snag points the pinch points the uh, the openings that need to be there if if you don't set it up correctly then you won't be able to get the gun out I've I've <laughs> had a couple of people order some holsters on eBay and bring them in and be like I can get the gun in <laughs> can't get but it I out. can't pull it back out I'm like well that's because they formed it around that light and they didn't leave a gap for the light to come back out and now it's stuck forever so yeah there's some technique involved in there so and uh I'll tell you what we did bring some not custom well Steve has a custom gun my Glockster yeah but I've got I brought my P38 and I'm a lefty if you remember so I'm all kinds of backwards and if you remember, lefties don't get holsters for a while, so I guess you're out of luck, man. Right, that's so I'll only, go second. <laughs> that's only on the ultimate hybrid side. All, all of the, did, like, all I of had the, him going for a minute, and you just... <laughs> hey, all of the Hoftac inside the waistband Defender holsters are ambidextrous, so... Mm-hmm. There you go. And that's what I'm rocking right now, so... 
Are and, you? And appendix is the official carry position of the Range Minded Podcast. It sure is. Um, but yeah, we're you can do inside the waistband, outside the waistband. You can do anything pretty much with with the custom Kydex. So, um, but let's talk about Ultimate Hybrid for a little bit. Um, let's switch over to that. What inspired you? And we talked about it a little bit on the last one, but we'll fill folks in if they didn't catch that one. What kind of inspired you to make the Ultimate Hybrid holster? Where did that kind of come from? Uh, actually, the Ultimate Hybrid holster was kind of something that my business partner, who at the, now at the time, uh, had brought up doing. A, he worked for another holster company that had soft goods. And uh, can we use his name? Is he cool with that? Terry? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I guess we can use Terry. Terry. Yeah. yeah so we it, interviewed Terry, didn't yeah. we? I guess we did. Yeah. We interviewed him at the and expo. Terry's, Terry's been around in the industry quite a while. Like he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's like fifteen to. 16 years in the gun industry yeah. so uh he does a, he does a lot of personal protection training and uh cons- he does all of our uh firearms training for both companies so yeah yeah he was an instructor for front sight uh bunch of stuff like that so yeah, he's a good dude we yeah like so to. so you guys kind of got together and got that idea, and he had the idea for ultimate hybrid and you guys kind of so we were working on uh, a partnership between the company he worked for and hoftac where they were going to build a backer for me because they used a unique material mm-hmm. and I was going to build uh, holster shells for those and we were going to sell them under both names. Um, but what happened was when I looked at it, I have a, I had done some work for a company in the past here in Idaho that had what was called a pistol sheath, which was a universal uh, holster, but it was Kydex on both sides. And so I had made molds for it and i had made a bunch of them but it was it was kind of it's kind of janky like it was <laughs> it, like if you remember the early days of kydex holster making and seeing that stuff it was like you could look at it and it kind of looked like a holster but it kind of looked like a turd too <laughs> <laughs> but uh so i was like i could probably make this fit multiple guns and fit their business model better than doing a gun specific holster so we kind of we did it with them uh i filed the paperwork on it on my end when i uh designed the shell smart and then we sold it through them and i sold we sold probably ten thousand through them before terry left and came to work with me that's so, quite a bit yeah and, and now we've done i mean this style of holster that the same type of design we pro- there's probably I would say close to 70,000 of them on the market. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, and it fits, what, over 100 different models of gun? So the new one that we designed, so the Ultimate Hybrid design fits roughly 225 handguns. Wow. And that's just the ones that I've been able to get my hands on, and there's actually an entire comprehensive list of that broken down on the Ultimate Hybrid website. Okay. Uh, what's the what's the website again? So it's uh, Ultimate Hybrid Tech. Dot com. Gotcha. Um, and do you make different sizes of the holster for like subcompacts and full size, or is it all kind of? So currently we have one size, and it comes in inside or outside the waistband, and it comes in two outside the waistband belt attachment models and three inside the waistband belt attachment models. So those those can either be found on uh, hoftac.com or the Ultimate Hybrid website. So tell me a little bit about what kind of the benefit is of having a holster that fits all these different guns, because, you know, I think probably when somebody thinks of like a universal holster, they think of like a nylon holster that's just basically like a pocket that you see some people rock at at the range. Sometimes this could not be farther from that. This is way, way better. Right. So the ultimate hybrid is basically it starts with 
what we call our memory core backer. So the really the base of the holster is a memory foam on what is called a spacer mesh and it's laminated together. And what that does is that backer, it has spacer mesh against your body, which is, it's a, it's a 3D mesh that is soft against your body, but allows airflow to go around so you don't sweat as much and it doesn't uh, it doesn't pool sweat or anything it lets the air flow through it and it keeps it it's kind of uh it's like a if you ever wore a knee brace it's like a vented knee brace type okay. material yeah and then the memory foam what that does is it actually conforms to the shape of whatever gun you put in there so the back side of the gun which is going to be the side that most of the controls are on because most guns were designed around right-handed shooters. Yeah, sure they were. And so what Sorry, happens Mark. is <laughs> the backside of that gun is pushed into the memory foam and it takes the shape of that. It's like kind of laying your head on like a memory foam pillow. It, it forms to the shape of your face. And then uh, with the hard front shell, which we designed to have kind of a universal shape, but we also curved it. So it actually pushes the backer into the gun and curves around your body at the same time so it takes the shape of whatever one of those 225 guns you put in there so you, you can pull one out it goes back to zero you can put the next one in it takes the shape of that and pushes it into that hard shell which not only does that hard shell benefit in clipping the gun into the shell but it holds an opening so you can reholster the gun as well. So if you had a typical nylon holster, once you took the gun yeah, out, it, it, would, it would collapse. Yeah, and you can't reholster that one. And as an instructor, I hate seeing the, we call it a gun bucket, I hate seeing that nylon holster coming yeah, in, into a classroom. With, with just a crappy clip on it. And, and it's barely hanging on. And, oh, it's all uh, floppy and stuff. Yeah, it's real bad. So what we tried to do was I tried to take all of the things that were popular in the kydex holster world mm -hmm. and bring those into the universal uh holster world so there's not a lot of hybrids out there hybrid holsters that when what that means is a kydex front shell and either a leather Some or kind of a soft synthetic yeah. backer that have the same clip options as what you see on a hard shell kydex holster and some of the same design options um, we use cnc cut tooling for the front shell but we still hand make it so we we machine the molds that it comes off of but we still like i'll show you next door we hand mold all of the stuff and cut it and drill the holes so well let's talk about the the clip attachments too for the most part because with other like kind of hybrid holsters like you said like with a a soft backing or maybe a leather backing or whatever and then a kydex shell you really seems like you only get you know it's either inside the waistband or it's outside the waistband they're not the you can't really use it you know one for both um you know and you only have a couple of clip options so how'd you kind of make that holster to be both inside the waistband and outside the waistband with those clips so currently it's one the the mark well we used to two model numbers so the mark two is inside the waistband with a with a clip on the face of it mm -hmm. the mark four is outside the waistband with clips on the edge currently you can't use the same holster to do inside and outside the waistband but okay. it's the same shell so and and the difference being that where we have to attach it um you you have to drill some different holes to get it to fit right sure and so we don't we don't want people switching them back and forth because then the shells will have to come off we're working on that down the road but we have a combo that you get two holsters 
one inside and one outside the waistband. Nice. Nice. But Very cool. It, it covers it covers such a broad range that and the price is it's priced pretty well to where if you have two different holsters you can cover every type of carry. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So well just, that's the other thing too is that sometimes when you order a holster, you know, let's say for a Glock nineteen or something like that, people charge a lot of money for that. And I mean obviously if you if you cover a lot of different you know models like kind of custom wise that's you know you're gonna have to find a model for each of those but i think with a universal you know you you're able to offer it more affordably i think than than most others right so our combo kit which comes with two holsters is about what you would pay for one custom glock holster man and there's there's some other holsters out there that you can swap inside and outside the waistband but you have a lot of tools you have a lot of stuff that you have to swap over you get a box that comes with like 75 parts (laughs) and by the time you go to switch it back you've lost part of the parts or you don't have the right allen wrench that that's why when we talked about it it was yeah it would be cool to put an inside the waistband clip and the hardware and outside the waistband clips and the hardware in one box but do I ship it set up one way or do I ship it set up the other way? Do I want the customer to have to adjust? Because something we were really big on was when we designed it, we didn't want any adjustment screws. We didn't want you to have to change out the shell per gun. Yeah. And so by building a combo that came with two holsters instead of one holster that you could make into two different holsters, made it so that when you get the holster, you don't have to do any work. You put it on. And you go. You're ready to rock. If I want to go to the range today, I put on the Mark IV. It's outside the waistband. I can put all my guns in it. If I want to draw from inside the waistband, I just grab that holster. I put all the guns in the same one. So instead of having, if I have five guns, I would have ten holsters. Yeah, I would have ten holsters for those five guns. Now I have five guns. I have two holsters for all five guns. That's awesome. Yeah, I was super disappointed when that big name came out with their new awesome everything holster and and they they sent us a demo to the store and I opened it up and I this is stupid like, well I, I i i bought those so i i went out when i when we were working on this like i went out and bought every universal or multi multi-use holster that was on the market i went into cabela's i spent like a thousand dollars and they're actually sitting right over there on the desk <laughs> i can see the one that i really despise right yeah. there oh so, is that all of them over there with the and, blue some of the blue guns in there and so what i had to do was i had to do a bunch of work to get them to work but and you need a degree in like engineering to yeah, get it there's this huge there's this huge instruction book there's 50 parts in that one big box and i have to i have to figure out what configuration i want to put yeah. in which once i put it in one configuration i never want to switch it because it took me 15 20 minutes well, and i remember it. there's like these stupid little parts that you have to like little things like this is that you're gonna lose or you're gonna forget about and you're not gonna want to store anywhere yeah. so it's just it's not easy and convenient and then the other one that i bought you had to attach something to the rail portion of the gun mm-hmm. so if the gun didn't have a rail attack like a, a rail for attaching lights to you couldn't use you're it. stuck really and if you wanted to put it on a different gun you had to take the tool and take the piece off the mounting piece and put it onto the next gun gun. so those three things that we talked about the assembly and then having an external piece you had to attach to the gun really limited you so with ours it was we didn't even want you to have to have an adjustment screw for the tension like the tension is it's designed so that the tension from the body pressure and the size of the gun is self-adjusting 
and it, and you accomplished it like it yeah and and that was through designing different thickness of backers using different weight memory mm-hmm. foam like trying different thickness of memory foam like i went to the manufacturer of the foam and the, the guys who laminate it because it's a special process for laminating the materials and i went to in washington where we have it made and i spent an entire day like putting shells on different foam and trying it out testing different weights like learning all about the foam and and the different designs until we finally came up with one that has accomplished what we wanted and you did it man you hit it yeah um for the uh, inside the waistband too can you take that and carry it in whatever position really you want did you yeah so the so the only thing that you can't really do with it is cross straw because we only have right-handed models so anywhere from say 12 o'clock being the front of your body all the way around to say five o'clock on your hip to where you get to where your shoulder's not hyperextended, you can carry it at any position. Well, and that's convenient, though, too, because sometimes people will want to appendix carry or they'll carry it, you know, 4.30 or 5 o'clock or whatever, depending on maybe what they're wearing or or anything. And it sounds like what you can do is you can use that for, you know, And that's why we came out with the different clip options because I know when I carry appendix, I want a narrower clip that can fit in between the front belt loop and my belt buckle. Yeah, so it doesn't, right. doesn't so it, fly out. And of I don't need any cant, so I use the, na- the which is the Mark II with the narrow clip that's a little angled out to push the gun back into my body where our Mark V holster has a, a one inch wide belt clip that can the cant can adjust 10 degrees from zero and negative 10 degrees from zero. So when you're carrying behind the hip, you could tilt it forward just a little and bit. adjust it. Get a little can't, yeah. And then we also did, we came up with an ulti clip option. If you guys have seen the ulti clip, so you can carry behind the belt. So say you're wearing uh, dress clothes, you could put it behind your belt so you don't have to clip, see anything sticking out when you tuck your shirt in. Right. I might have to pick up one of those because... I tend to dress up nicely once in a while. And, you are very dapper. And those things, could you could take the clip off and switch it. But again, our idea of we don't want you to have to do any work once you get the holster. If you pick which way you want to carry ahead of time or you know how you already carry, you could pick whatever you wanted. Yeah. But if you bought one of those three, you could buy the extra clip and swap it out if you wanted to. But I don't want you to have to do that. Sure. Makes sense. I dig it. Well, uh, I think... Let's go make our own holsters. Yeah. Because we've talked about it. We've talked about kind of how that's done a little bit in the first episode. But You might get a little video on the Facebook page and the Insta page. So. Yeah, we'll try to take some photos and videos in here, too. So Nothing of any secret process. We don't want to give up any secret stuff. I, th- I think that we've put away all the secret stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all the left-handed Ultimate Hybrids have been discarded. Well, it's because they never sold. Oh, man. Well, if you have one that's not being used and it's going to be thrown away, I'll and, just, and I'll just the, grab it out of the dumpster here's, instead. Here's the problem. Like, I, I highly doubt you ever thought, I'm going to sell a left-handed holster to somebody that carries a Walter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really being the unicorn here, so... Yeah. But that's that's the fun of it, and that's why I think somebody would try to make their own holster because they've got either a disability like me being left-handed, <laughs> or they've got a wonky, you know, weird gun that they want to carry or something like that. I think the only reason you'd make your own holster is because you can't make it to my shop. That's Very true. <laughs> that could but, be. But I'm here, and we're here, so. And I'm about to get my FFL, so uh, oh, we're no. going to expand nationwide for custom work. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Very cool. All right, well, let's uh, let's take a break here, and we'll uh, go jump over into the next door into the shop and get mm-hmm. on it. So we'll be back. 
We're back. Plus one holster. Yeah. Custom made by Nick Hoffer. Man, that was pretty impressive to see. Yeah, it didn't take you, well, about an hour, I would yeah. say. Maybe a little less. Yeah, and like I was telling you guys, it would it would have taken me about 45 minutes start to finish, but uh, I was trying to give you an insight of what yeah. I was doing. Yeah, well, now Steve has a custom holster, and the re- and I don't have a custom holster yet, but I want you to Not repeat. Not just because you're I want, you, I want Nick to repeat what he said when he saw the P38. <laughs> Do you remember what you said? Um, are you, I'm, I don't remember. Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. That sounds like <laughs> what something What are you talking about? <laughs> you know how long that's going to take me to, to, to work on? That's going to take me like four hours. I'm like, oh, I felt really bad. And if you guys don't know what the P38 looks like. We'll have a picture Google, of it up Google on it or whatever. Yeah. And then you'll see. Yeah. Like, I didn't exactly know what it was before you pulled it out. So <laughs> that's what she said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're on a roll today. So when you guys see the picture it, of this gun. Just know that for me to make a holster for that, I have to completely disassemble and build parts for the gun to make a holster. I don't know why you couldn't have done that in the last 30 minutes. I probably could have if I wasn't trying to talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, you uh, you walked us through the whole thing. It's uh, it's a it's craftsmanship for sure, man. Like I know it's one thing to know that like there's craftsmanship that goes into it, but to see like see it made by hand. And well, and you definitely can tell that he's done more than five holsters. Yeah, five or six, I bet. Yeah, but I mean, from the uh, you know the heating up the plastic, and even before that, just prepping the gun. It seems like a lot of it's in the prep work. So. 90% of the work is in the prep like the the cutting the shape and all that like I've done that so many times like I told you I used to draw it out on the plastic and cut on the lines I can I can do it all by memory but setting up the gun itself you can't you can't speed that up or cut corners and that yeah because like you said you've got spacers and you've got like you know blocking surfaces that have to um, be taped in place so that way the gun can both go in and come out yeah, it's important uh, that it can come out. Yeah, that's that's the most important part. Yeah, because putting it away wouldn't be a, a problem. Just, <laughs> no, not yeah, at all. You could carry around a case if you just wanted to put it away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of you know, and there's a lot of parts of it you have to think of, even on, on something as uh, aesthetically simple as a Glock. I mean, you have your basic controls, but you, like what you are said, you trying the, to say it's just there's not as many hills and ridges and valleys as there is maybe on a p38 for example <laughs> it's it's perfect See? i didn't say it wasn't perfection but um you know but you have to think about you know the ejection port and when there's a chamber in there and or when when there's a round in the chamber and you know the ejection port is going to be you know protruding a little bit or like you said if maybe i think i think what he's trying to say is that when there's a round in the chamber the extractor is a loaded chamber indicator and it protrudes past the slide so Thank that you. you could feel why didn't he just say that yeah i don't know i, I <laughs> he was batting around the sorry kind of. i was really trying but i failed miserably <laughs> i was just in awe of uh, of the holster so uh, but there's just a lot of work that goes into it man it's uh, it's impressive it, it's it's not a hard process, but it's not a simple process either. Sure, there's a lot of so. steps to it and a lot of patience, it seems like, too. Um, you know, having that, not only even when you have it heated up and then you have it pressed together um, and then it cools down, really, you know, the prep work after that, the finishing of it, you know, sanding it down, making sure that everything's smooth. I mean, it, it just, it, and it's ready to use right there once yeah. it's done. Yeah, once we stuck the Glockster in there, it just like, click, that was good. Yeah. It, it, it's very impressive, so very well done. I always tell people you could do it yourself, or you could save yourself two weeks and have me do it. Yeah, I, I <laughs> would not. Really, that really is the case too. Like, 
And I have to admit, like, you know, like you said, I, I thought it was going to be even a little bit simpler for some reason. I don't know why. I just thought it was, okay, you heat the plastic up, put it together, and then that's that. But there's a lot more to consider. Yeah, it's a, it's a Kydex sandwich. Yeah, literally. And the gun is the meat and the cheese. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we took some video of it. We'll put it up on, on Facebook uh, at uh, the Range Minded Podcast Facebook page. And want, the dog just wants to talk. Tyson wants to yeah. be on the podcast he, he as well. He wants to be on the podcast. Look, I'm watching him. He's looking at you like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> well, it's funny because you said his name now. So anybody who's listening to that that follows us on Instagram or has been here will know exactly who you're talking about because he greets everybody and he's in about 80 percent of our videos <laughs> and you know he's not a small dog like well, he's 115 you pounds think, you think man that dog that dog could really hate me if he wanted to but he's nice cool he's really friendly so you guys pulled up to the shop and you were out in the where the front offices are and i told you to come around to the back where our shop is yeah and on the gate is a sign that says beware of dog <laughs> and so the gate is closed during the daytime and so when people come back here, I'm like, yeah, just walk through the gate. It's unlocked. And I will get a phone call probably eight out of ten times. Is the dog going to bite me if they haven't <laughs> been here before? That's funny. But, hey, I guess it's a good deterrent. Yeah. So, um, but we have, uh, so first of all, thank you for letting us come through the shop and check it out um, and making a holster for Steve. Now, I really appreciate, like, you having us come in and, and, and hanging out and watching you do this stuff. And I'm going to dedicate an entire day. Oh, man. <laughs> To working on your gun i have a feeling it's going to be more than that'll be there'll be some uh, photographs and some you met that p38 is going to be a star not just here for Hoftac, but also for independence because cody's cutting down a barrel and everything for me yeah it's going to be a, a pretty custom build what's crazy is everybody like so I, I can tell that you're an industrious type and you like a challenge because you looked at it and you weren't like, I'm not doing that. You're like, no, I want to do it. It's just going to take me a lot of time. Yeah, this, this is going to be a good uh, testament to the custom work that we can do. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I am super <laughs> stoked because I'll be sending you some stuff for some custom work, like guaranteed, because I got, I, I got a few guns. A couple? That haven't sunk in the boating accident. Yeah. Um, but it's now time... For the pod on the podcast for Steve to ask his five questions. Yeah, so of you. So we started this the last guest we have, um, and I decided we just do it every guest we have. So you didn't get to experience this the last time you were on. Oh, so this is new. This is a new segment now. Mm -hmm. So this is just kind of a get to know you, and uh, we want to know the person behind Nick Hoffer. Oh well, let's see how well you can do with your questions. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and you might. You might not want to answer, so I don't know. It's up to you. All Fire right, so away. first one. Um, what experience in your life has been the most influential and why? The most influential. This is, this is going to be kind of different. Um, I actually was explaining this to you guys while we were over there working. I think the most influential experience in my life was when I cut my finger off. Okay. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was tell I was telling them, and uh, I explained in depth the story about this a couple years ago. But uh, was it two years ago? I quit my job to do this full time. I ended up getting a divorce two months later, and then a month and a half after that, I cut my finger off <laughs> in a holster making accident. <laughs> so I had no job. I had no place really to live at the time. I mean, I was I had somewhere to live, but I didn't know what I was going to do. Sure. And now I couldn't work. 
because I had a cast on my hand and I was going to be out for six months. Literally blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, all three. So what I didn't tell you guys over there was I was driving. That was when I was uh, out in CUNA, so I was kind of rural from where we are now. And I, by the time I drove from the hospital to my house, I pulled up on the front door of my house worrying about this the whole time. And I said, I'm either going to make this happen or I'm going to have to go and get a job because I have no choice because I can't use my hands. So I posted on Facebook that I needed help in the shop. And within an hour, I had 10 people willing to come to work basically for free. Wow. It's pretty amazing. Like people, you know, the village comes together to help, to help you out. That's pretty Yeah, awesome. for sure, man. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever met, met Matt Kovac. Uh, he used to own, or he still does own uh, Trojan horse concealment. He made belts. So any of the nylon belts you see on our website are made by him. He actually, he moved to Phoenix. That's when he quit working for me was when his moved family on. moved down to Phoenix. And he's actually a part of a company called Tack Pack or Tack Hub now. It's a shooting system for steel targets. Hmm. And he's going to be here in July, I think. And we're going to do some video with, with those guys. But he came to work for me for basically whatever I could afford to pay him at the time, which wasn't a whole lot. And yeah, he's, he literally helped save my business. Wow. Well, and probably a little bit more than that too. Oh, absolutely. Like there, it, it was a bad time and I had no idea what I was going to do. And it, it shaped my business and who I am right now into what, what I'm doing. It's awesome. So nice, I don't know man. if that was the right answer, but that was a great answer. Kind of what the, I was thinking. The about. right answer is whatever you felt was comfortable to be the right answer. All yeah, right. That was a great answer. So what's yeah. your next one? All right. You just won the lottery. <laughs> What would be the first thing you do and why? Not sleep. <laughs> <laughs> he could afford to sleep at that point. Yeah, right. So uh, it would be really hard for me to win the lottery because I don't ever play. Yeah, that, that's a hindrance. <laughs> but, but but just go along with If I did win the lottery, <laughs> I would probably take that money and invest it into other small business owners. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm extremely like grateful for all the help that I've gotten. And I get phone calls all the time with people starting businesses asking uh, for advice. And there's a couple of businesses that I have invested my own time and money into. And if I won the lottery, I would probably take and micro-invest into a bunch of startup companies. Right on. See? That didn't sound like a wrong answer either. I definitely... I bet people expect me to say I'd buy all the guns in the world, but I'm not a gun enthusiast. I'm a gun owner. I'm a Second Amendment supporter. I can still carry, but... I don't buy a whole lot of guns unless I need them for work. Yeah. When I came up with that question, do you guys ever watch Three Amigos? Do you ever yeah. see Three Amigos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever see like, oh, what are you going to do with your prize money? Oh, yeah. I'm going to buy a mansion. And then the <laughs> Ned. Oh, no. No, it was the other guy. Anyway, I'm going to help orphan kids. <laughs> Build an orphanage. <laughs> what? Help all these low-income kids. Anyway, uh, what's your biggest fear? I think my biggest fear is probably, uh, man, that's a tough, that's a, that's an intimate, intimate question, dude. Take the intimate guy. Like I, I had to almost think about how I wanted to answer that. Um, no, my biggest fear is that, uh, I wouldn't be a, a good dad and my son's 11 now. He turned 11 on Wednesday. Yeah. He was hanging out here and, with us a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a fear that I always had and I almost didn't want to have kids because of it. Cause I feared that before. And I think that I've done pretty good so far. Um, 
doesn't hate me yet, so but he's only 11. So. Well, he's super well-behaved. He was just sitting there chilling in the back, so. Yeah, seems like a cool kid. But, yeah, that's my biggest fear. There's nothing wrong with that <laughs> no. answer either. Yeah. You're knocking him out of the park. Uh, let's see. What would you say is your biggest achievement? Well, that's easy, raising my son. But they go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right on. Nice. Okay, last one. You ready for this one? <laughs> you got him scared now, I think. Well, this this is a good one. This is my Hopefully favorite. Hopefully I can answer this with something to do with guns because otherwise people are going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to be disappointed. Yeah. So so uh, who would you consider your greatest hero? My greatest hero? I don't even know if I have an answer for that. Like, I... I don't know what I consider like a hero. Yeah. And we did, uh, Jessica was the guinea pig on these questions, right? So, and that took that podcast in a completely different direction, right? And that's why I wanted to do these questions because it, it gets, it, it throws people off. I mean, I don't know what I would consider a hero. I know that there's a, there's a couple of people that I would say are have been extremely influential in my life and sent me in a different direction than I ever expected to go on, but I wouldn't consider them a hero, yeah. per se. Um, I don't know. Anyone who follows me on social media knows I'm a huge Sean Whalen fan. Um, and back when I was going through that stuff that I was telling you about in the other questions, I reached out to him and got a lot of really good advice from him. I've been to a few of his live events. I mean, I guess if you had to call him a hero, I guess you could call him that. But he, he definitely is a mentor and somebody who's influential in my life. Awesome. There you go. So, so you didn't think you could answer those. Yeah. And it didn't have park. And that's why I think it's interesting with these questions is none of them are gun questions. Oh, yeah. Well, that's one of the things, too, that I like about him is that, you know, obviously we talk a lot about guns and self-defense and firearms and whatnot. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the people, too. I mean, there's people make the gun industry happen. People make the shooting sports happen. And that's what I really want to get down to the to the dirty is, is gun people are normal people. Like, we're not these fringe weirdos that drive around with rebel flags <laughs> tied to the back of the pickup trucks. Right. With our MAGA hats, right? So, so my girlfriend's son, who's 13... He said, I'm so glad you don't drive around with a don't tread on me flag on the back of your truck. <laughs> He's like, you're not even weird. <laughs> There's a few of you out there that aren't weird. Yeah, we might have lost a few listeners there on that one. But no, we've talked about that before, whereas you don't like just from a practical standpoint, you don't even want to advertise maybe that you have an yeah. gun or whatever. Like, and I always point it out to my fiance, I go, hey, want to steal a gun? I know where to get one. When you see like yeah. a Glock or, uh, you know, this this uh, car protected by or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like the, I mean, some of them are kind of funny, but still makes yourself kind of a target. So with your questions, I think you should add a sixth one. Yeah. What's up? So something I always, so I did some uh, interviews for a while and I always ask people in the, whatever industry they were in, what brought you into that industry? So like with the gun industry, there's a, all of us have a different background. None yeah. of us started in the firearms industry. Like before I was in the firearms industry, I was in the restaurant industry. I was the manager of a restaurant. Mm -hmm. My family owns multiple restaurants. I was the manager of a restaurant. I left my job and didn't know what I wanted to do. And I just fell into working for a gun manufacturer. I, I wasn't, 
It was more just because the yeah. job was there, right? Yeah, it was. It was because someone told me about the job, and I was like, "That sounds like a really cool thing to do." I, w- I never even owned a pistol at that point. I was a hunter. I didn't know that shooting sports were a sport. I didn't know that you could conceal carry a gun legally. Yeah. <laughs> and now look where I'm at. So I think that's that's what's really interesting, and that's, and I've talked to Mark. I have some other ideas for some other shows kind of outside the realm of, of range-minded. Right. Um, everybody has a story, and and everybody is an individual. And, we, you know, I might look at you or Mark and say, man, we, you guys have totally done the same thing I've done with, right? We've, we've all gone through the exact same pages in the same book of life, but that's not true. Some of us are in different chapters, and some of us have finished the book and are ready to start another book. And, right. Yeah. And... Uh, there's there's so much to individuals that's i really want to get into to like knowing people yeah and that's and like i said that's more what the gun industry is built on is on people mm-hmm. you know and people's different stories and like you said how people fall into the gun industry you know not a lot of people I, there's yeah. there's some there's some people like i have a friend colby pavlock he's been in the gun industry since he was six he's <laughs> a competitive shooter mm-hmm. so he's known it his entire life for me I was 21 when I even realized this was an industry. I just thought that guns showed up on the shelf. I didn't think <laughs> about how they got there. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know about the 2A community. The like the I, I knew what the NRA was, but I didn't know what they did. Right. I don't it, think it anybody was, knows what they do anymore. Yeah. It, it wasn't a. It wasn't like I wasn't looking at the NRA as like somebody who was fighting for my rights because right. I didn't know that they were under attack. Yeah. And then you like, I think that's where people kind of take things to a different level with us who are second amendment supporters like i didn't know i didn't know that the second amendment was being like under attack until i was a part of the community yeah and i think that's important like because i really feel like we're gonna lose our rights like i and we're, i don't want to get into the weeds but i feel like it'll get to the point where the second amendment as we understand it is gone completely gone the industry is going to be dead for a while and i don't know when that point is or not but i think what's going to save the industry is knowing the people in the industry not the guns not i always say not the manufacturers but the people who make things happen i say this to people who are outside of the firearms industry and 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 say to me well what about what about this thing that happened or when i go how about this take it to a whole a whole different level like nothing to do with anyone getting hurt or what what happens when you get rid of gun rights and every person who works in that manufacturing facility in that marketing department who does anything to do with firearms they're all out of jobs they're done it's yeah. millions of jobs gone and they're like, well, those millions of jobs are worth that person's life. And I'm like, I, I don't think anyone should lose their life for no reason. Right. But also we should all have the ability to protect ourselves and, and do something we're passionate about. And I'll tell you what, people in the, in the firearms community are passionate about their jobs. Yeah. And I would say 99% of them are amazing, incredible, positive thinkers. 
they're not the weirdos like we're, we're just talking about the weirdos with the don't tread on me sticker and you're not right. all weirdos with the don't tread on me <laughs> flags okay that was that was, stereotyping yeah it's a it's, stereotype yeah. But you're right you're right but you know what i'm saying it's like a left-handed 1911 shooter you're not all weirdos <laughs> as long as it's not a tar i don't own a 1911 so i'm i'm golden we need to fix that yeah, I know. I need that and a revolver. And, you know, there's now some, that I've got my weird stuff out of the way, I can go back to normal. There's some great used 1911s right now at the store. I'm not joking around. There's some great. Really? Guns That's at the dangerous, store right man. <laughs> I just bought another Glock today. Don't tell my wife. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't so, listen to the but podcast. No, but Nick, so it's all good. Nick, you bring up a good point. Is it, I mean, that's something that a lot of people, I, that aren't in the firearms industry or even, you know, maybe in, in not into the shooting sports don't realize is that the firearms industry employs a lot of different people. You know, you think about not just, you know, the major manufacturers like Smith and Wesson or anything like that, but also, you know, like small businesses, like what you've got here. Well, or, you, you can take what I do right here. And I know I'm in the holster making community. I know a lot of people and a lot of those guys are starting in their garage like I did mm-hmm. and creating a successful business for either a side business to make money to support their shooting hobbies or like I did, leaving their jobs and creating their own career. And it's it was a low barrier to entry. It was something that you're passionate about and you can yeah. create a business in. Yeah. And there's there's millions of people working in the firearms industry right now and they're they're no different than anyone else other than they have a passion for guns. Right. Right. Just like somebody would have a passion for cars or business yeah. or whatever. So it's a good point. I think we'll end on that point too, unless there's anything we didn't uh, reach that you wanted to cover maybe, or do you have any questions for us? Um, when I come back next time, I'll have my five questions for you too. Oh man. Yeah, Cause you were, you were ready to interview us and then that, well, we got sidetracked with going to the shop yeah, and, and this, <laughs> I don't even know what was this gun that I uh, Walther P thirty eight Walther P thirty eight. It is the scariest holster gun I've ever came across. <laughs> and I don't know what he has. Like he's got some passion over Walthers. Like it's unbelievable. I don't know. I just like him. I think they're he pulled I think that out fun. of the case, and I just like sat back and went, "Yeah, we don't have time for that." We'd have to make a feature <laughs> film. Well, and um, I could have busted out the Jericho nine forty one too. That would have been interesting. <laughs> I'm into weird stuff right now, man. I don't know. It's just a, a good weird thing. I don't phase. have mine a gun revolver. I could have brought that. Be like, hey, let's make a, let's make one of these. You're, you guys are like the the dude that shows up with an AR pistol and was like, yeah, I want to inside the waistband, conceal carry appendix. I holster. got my pistol. That was my backup, backup, backup <laughs> yeah, choice. That was your backup, <laughs> backup holster gun. After you make me a P38 holster, but then we can. I don't want one on. Like, I don't want an inside the waistband. I want a like over the back. <laughs> <laughs> dual, dual over the back. I could do that, or maybe we can shoulder care like a shoulder style holster with an AR pistol. Yeah, as long as it fits under my suit coat, that would work too. Perfect. All right, yeah. Next next time I'll have questions for you guys. Nice. Be ready. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have you on again. Uh, thank you uh, for letting us come. Yeah, I think you're your, gonna uh, your you're business. gonna you're gonna see or hear Nick a lot more often. <laughs> As long as he's got time for us. Yeah. Well, I'll he doesn't time. sleep, so. I'll make time for you guys. This yeah. is fun. I enjoy doing this. Well, yeah. Thank you again for coming on, and right on. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. If you like this episode, make sure that you, uh, you, you take a picture of the episode, share it on the Facebook page, share it with some friends. Make sure you, you spread it around, man. Spread some love. Yeah. Spread the love for range-minded. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Later. Thanks for listening to Range Minded. Find us online at Range Minded Podcast on Facebook 
or send us an email at podcast at iishooting.com. We're always happy to get feedback, episode suggestions, whatever you want to send us, really. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.